Mike. Survivor Series 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan and Justin Labar. And yeah, NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown. This was something tonight, right? This was, yeah, this was good. It's what needed to happen. I was impressed. I uh, thought that it was very strong overall. And Matt, how are you feeling about your uh, predictions? I was the closest, wasn't I? Uh, you were. And for that, I think we need to celebrate Matt Morgan being right tonight. What was the genius right? of Matt Morgan in predicting NXT looking dominant? <laughs> Matt Morgan, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the wrestling <-ing> champion. <laughs> Once again, the audio listeners are missing out on Matt Morgan's head floating behind Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> oh but no, NXT won, and they won when it mattered. They, I mean, I think that even in the men's match, they still came across looking very dominant, very strong yes. Yes. tonight. Um, so we're going to talk about match by match. I don't know, uh, Justin, you mentioned you didn't really see the pre-show. Matt, did you watch any of the pre-show? No. You didn't miss much. We had a tag team battle royal which Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler won. Um, mm. And this was just, you know, get all the guys on the card. We right. had a triple threat for the Cruiserweight Championship, which was Callisto, Akira Tozawa versus Leo Rush. Leo Rush won. They counted that as an NXT win since the Cruiserweight title is under NXT now. But they did put the triple threat tag team match, NXT Tag Team Champions, the Undisputed Era versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the New Day versus Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders. They did put that on the pre-show with the Viking Raiders picking up a win. Yay. Hey, I mean, is that, isn't that all Raw got tonight? Who cares? Let's get on to the real show. The real show. Okay, let's talk about the women's match. The Women's Survivor Series Triple Threat Elimination Match. Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross for Team SmackDown. Versus Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai uh, for Team NXT. Versus Charlotte Flair, Sarah Logan, Natalya. Asuka and Kari Sane uh, for Team Raw tonight. Um, the big takeaway from this, perhaps having the best month since Becky Lynch's meteoric rise, yes. Rhea Ripley tonight. Yes, I think that's a pretty safe comment. You know, yeah, I, I think this was fantastic. Felt like a crowning achievement happened in front of us too. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think? This was a good finish, uh, Rhea Ripley. I mean. You know, in a, in a in a visual business and an entertainment business, she yeah. checks those boxes. She's 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 good. To, and I, I'm not I don't mean sexually, but she's good to look at. She she's got a look. Thank um, you for clarifying that well, you didn't mean sexually. Well, but uh, you know, people are gonna take it that way. No, um, sadly enough, you're correct. You got to asterisk everything today. Yeah, yeah it would have been a sexist comment. Uh, she's good to look at. She's she's entertaining in the ring. Uh, the finish was good. I thought the match was a, had some sloppy moments when all the girls were still in there. This this these matches with 15. Participants, and this happened a little bit in the in the, in the men's five one five one five. The quick eliminations don't always do favors. I know they're trying to get through things, and I know they're trying to, but like sometimes the quick eliminations don't always make sense when you put it in context of like what this superstar has been doing, or if you look at their booking. But you know, I'm not gonna. We don't have to go X's and O's through every minute of it. But overall, Rhea Ripley, great choice to uh, to have standing tall for this. Yep. Oscar turning on Charlotte with the green mist. Eliminating Charlotte. I thought that was an interesting way to go. Asuka just leaving, up and leaving the match. 
predict not predictable that exact thing but like these are again these are people that are not on the same team that's why i thought it was hilarious when they show up to these shows to jump everybody they don't know each other and they do they're not friends uh sasha banks came down to sasha versus ria at the end there but ria did have assistance from Candice LeRae and Io Shirai who had gone out near the start of the match, returned at the end to help her win um, yeah. and overcome to get that victory tonight. I really like, what'd you think of the face-offs tonight, Matt? I mean, what, what were the right. highlights for you of the women facing off with one another? I did not think, well, first of all, I didn't think that they needed those two to come down to help her. Mm. They, if we're again, I love the way this, what this worked, but I, I would have loved it more if, you know, like you just said, your comment was that they came out and helped. That means other people saw it that way too, right? Yeah. And that's going to be people's takeaway. And I'd rather it not be. I'd rather the takeaway being that, you know, Rhea won because she's bigger, badder, stronger, better, period. Yeah. Um, and it's incredibly feasible. I'm sorry. Like Sasha Banks looks like a little girl next to her. You know, it's, you know what's wild about Rhea Ripley, and this is like a little uh, a fun fact about her. What This makes this going to make all of us feel old, and also it's a compliment to said person. Uh, the One of the superstars that she uh, cites as being inspirational to her as she grew up and decided she wanted to be a pro wrestler, mm-hmm. The Miz. Oh, good Lord. Not Stone Cold, not The Rock, not Trish, like not any of the normal right. answers, but like, uh, that that makes you A, feel old, and B, also realize The, Riz, the Miz has been around for a while, and, 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 and I guess compliment to him that he's inspiring people yes. in, in this, this generation. So wait a second, Matt, that means you're ripe for this. How old are you going to feel when a wrestler starting out getting oh, to, God, you know? Oh, already. That was happening when I was freaking, God, t- toward like the end of TNA there. Um, yeah. Crimson. Yeah. Um, others, you know. They weren't kids, obviously, but they were people that were still on the verge of debating if they, you know, they were in college yeah. and they haven't graduated yet. And then they graduate college and they decide they want to be a wrestler. So right around that age, not when they were little kids. Yeah, I haven't had that happen yet. Yeah, so it was like, when I was five years old, I was the biggest Matt Morgan fan. But I am of that age, though, where that could be. Matt, I love that you tweeted the video of you and Randy Orton that, that match early on. Oh, that was, yeah. That was, that was cool. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so I liked seeing Sasha and especially getting into it a little bit with, uh, Rhea tonight. I mean, they had their sequence. We saw some good interactions, Bianca Belair versus Sasha though. I felt like that's all that was really missing tonight was giving them a little standout exchange. I think that would be such a great match when it finally happens. Well, it would one girl would look like she has legitimate attitude and the other would look like she's playing that she's, that she's acting with attitude. Bianca like embodies it. Right, she embodies attitude. Yeah. Whereas Sasha, love her gimmick, love the character, love the you know the, the boss, and does her whole thing with her ring stuff, um, her entrance, the whole nine. But it looks like make believe, hmm. like dress up, versus the someone who, again, embodies attitude without trying too hard, and that's Bianca Belair. She screams attitude. Yeah, I mean, I thought she looked great tonight. I thought all the women looked really good in this match. Um, it was a while before we got any eliminations. In fact, weren't there? Uh, I think someone will have to check the the tail of the tape. I think there were quicker and earlier men's eliminations tonight than there were in the women's match. They always do this though. Like they they generally every even in my Survivor Series match, they do this mm-hmm. once the finishes start going. It starts. They generally bang them out. They bang them out like one after the other. Then they stop for a little bit, and then they're pretty succinct after one another when those pins happen. Yeah. Sorry. 
I don't think this was the best match of the night, but I absolutely love the ending. No, love the outcome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and with Rhea, sky's the limit. So here's the question on this, Matt. Does she face Shayna for the title on NXT? Do they wait until TakeOver Portland next year? Does it happen at TLC? Does it happen at the Royal Rumble? Where do you go with Rhea Ripley from here, given that we've got six weeks or five weeks left in the year and not a TakeOver until February? I don't know. I really don't. That's a tough call. I, you'd like to see everything set up for like the biggest showcase possible, but um, maybe she's someone who gets called up without even becoming champion down there. Well, well, know. and remember, you have Rumble in January. It's you'd have to there'll, there'll be a women's Rumble again. You have to think both for the women and the men that NXT is going to get. You know, if they keep it at thirty competitors, NXT is going to get ten competitors to be in the Rumble. So it's possible they could set Rhea up for being, she could you know be a Rumble winner. She could win it. That'd be a good build for her, and tell that story. Yeah. I also wonder, given the ending, and clearly they're setting up something with Shayna and Becky, Shayna and Bailey. I think Shayna is main roster bound. I almost wonder if they're going to have her do what Oscar did. And what do you mean main roster bound? It doesn't mean she's leaving NXT. No, no. I okay. Yes, semantics. But I, I could, I could see her. Relinquishing the title, you can't have to her competing. Go to Raw and SmackDown, he's saying, Justin. Yeah. Doing something with Raw or SmackDown versus NXT and having her drop the title. Well, if they're doing this right, yeah. what they need to do is continue to bring people from Raw and SmackDown to NXT. Yeah. Continue to showcase it as an advance for their career, like Kevin Owens, remember, and, mm -hmm. and, and Finn, and keep keep the girls there. Yeah. They have a stronger division. Why would you want to break that up and lose that bragging point? I just wonder if it's not a feud with Shayna. And if why can't they inter interchange? Like, you know what I mean? Why can't, you know Quite what I mean? Why, why, why can't they come on to NXT and Becky wrestle her there? Why can't Becky or, or you know, Sasha come to NXT and wrestle and, her and, there? And it did NXT championship. And it did NXT favors. I mean, NXT beat AEW for the first time this past week and it had the most uh, crossover in terms of the talent. So, yeah, it seems to. Seems to do it for people. So maybe Rhea doesn't need the NXT Women's Championship. Maybe Rhea goes into a program with Sasha. Uh, Shayna keeps the title, goes into a program with Becky, and we keep that going for a little bit. It elevates NXT. It elevates, uh, gives a shot in the arm to Raw and SmackDown. You're right. I could absolutely see that happening. We just, but, but we got to be also realists. We think of it that we're trying to think of it that way with three separate brands. I don't necessarily know the old man thinks of it that way still. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's fully there yet. And so it could be all for nothing, it, meaning Shayna does get called up by Vince McMahon in his eyes to Raw or SmackDown, and she drops the title. Who knows? Yeah, there's a lot of directions it could go in. Um, I think they need to keep it going. I mean, Matt, wouldn't you be disappointed if this is it and NXT is not going to be playing with the other brands on a weekly basis and we don't see the talent crossover starting tomorrow? Are there rules? Have there been rules set that they can do that? I mean, there's no wild card rule, but well, Triple H, Triple H said on his media call last week uh, that after this weekend, because because of all all the crossover that had to happen because of Survivor Series, after this weekend, he said the the rosters and shows are going to go to being much more defined, which I interpret and I think a lot of us interpret mm -hmm. meaning less crossover. Everybody stay in your lane. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, okay, okay, well. More reason to tune in tomorrow night. I would be shocked if Shayna Baszler does not show up tomorrow night to confront Becky on Raw. Mm -hmm. um, we got 
the triple threat match between Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura, North American Champion from NXT, Roderick Strong, and United States Champion AJ Styles. And Matt, you called the outcome with Roderick winning, but he pinned Nakamura instead of AJ. So very surprised at that. Nakamura can't afford, he couldn't. I didn't think he could afford the loss as much as AJ could. AJ could take losses damn near every week, and he's still AJ F and Styles. You know what I mean? Whereas Nakamura, not as much. Uh, what'd you think of the match itself, Matt? Awesome. Fantastic. Good. What's there to say about it? This match was what it was, we all knew it was going to be. I thought it was outstanding. Yeah, you can't put these three guys in the ring and expect to get crap. I mean, it's, I mean, they just they don't know how to they don't know how to do crap. They're just they're all three of them are talented enough. They're so good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it just it kind of shows you what they think of at least what I <laughs> I'm assuming Nakamura. Yeah, yeah Nakamura's a mid card champion, but um, I don't know. There just seems to be really a lack of I don't know, I don't know if it's verbal skills. I don't know what it is. There just seems to be just a lack of trust and commitment into into him. They seem to have faith in Sami Zayn. I mean, he was all over the pre-show. He was getting a lot of time. Well, Sammy, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sammy's great in this. In this, I mean, obviously Sammy can work, but he's great in this like hype man role. He, he's great as this like obnoxious little little snot that just was running around. You know, I don't know. He's it's it's good. Yeah, uh, people like this match a lot tonight. I think it was very good. Um, Angelo Townsend to Green Nakamura shouldn't have lost. Uh, this was definitely a high point tonight. This was one of those uh, definite competitors for the best match of the evening. We had Daniel Bryan backstage with The Miz walking in. And Matt, what do you think of them keeping The Miz sort of adjacent to this feud? I mean, it almost seems like he's going to be paired with Daniel Bryan against Daniel Bryan's will, almost like his uh, friend of uh, The Miz and Daniel Bryan. They had that backstage segment where Daniel Bryan's like, get the hell out of there. But The Miz is trying to mentor him like it's the first season of NXT. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. Every once in a while, there's a sentence Miz will utter or Daniel will utter that kind of pulls me in, okay, a little bit with some reality, um, but not enough for me to care overall of why the hell is Miz anywhere near Daniel Bryan right now. Yeah. Let, and, let DB do his thing. Yeah, and they, and they, they, you know, we've seen Miz and Bryan. We've had it before, and they kind of missed their boat. You know, we saw Miz and Bryan this time, what, last year? Yeah. And and the roles that we just never expected. The Miz, the babyface, and Brian is the heel. They missed their run. They missed their chance when you know, the whole talking smack incident a couple of years ago. I mean, they, they they seemed like they were at their 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 fever pitch of, of being able to do something, and they they didn't. Brian was still medically disqualified at the time. I, I think that train is the train is come and gone. They need to move on from it. And then after that segment, we had the NXT. Championship match, Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole. Moreover, Nalo was not there tonight. We'll talk about that and uh, what's up with Moro after the recap. Um, but what would you think of this, Matt? I mean, here we had Adam Cole defending his championship with Pete Dunne, as we predicted, Adam won. It seemed like the crowd tonight was not as hot. But I was actually going to use this as a, as a talking point on tonight's show, actually. This was a, a good example Port. Poor Pete Dunn is not over with the the uh, mainstream WWE audience. And I mean mainstream, I'm not like our friends that come in and watch the show. I'm talking about pay-per-view goers that pick maybe one pay-per-view a year to go to. And it's either WrestleMania or it's Survivor Series or it's, you know, those kind of fans, right, with their families. Um, he's not over with them. Um, however, 
This is the talking point. Through that match, that match was so damn good that they brought them back after that long period of a time. I was waiting for them to turn. They were so close, I felt, to start chanting boring or start chanting, uh, who are you? Who are you? What's they doing in the UK? Or CM Punk. Um, I thought they were going to get there, and I was worried. And then they brought them back. He brought them back and made them, you know, care, um, which is not easy to do, especially in that long period of a time that that match took. That match was a very long match. And yeah. Adam Cole is the real effing deal. Let me just say that right now. His body language, his facials, his facials are awesome on those kickouts from Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn, his facials are awesome, spot on. In the moment at the end, when you go watch those two kicking out of each other's shit at the very, 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 very end of the match, go back and watch Pete Dunn's face. You know, the storytelling both can do, I was blown away with. You know, stepping on his mouth guard and his reaction to it. These are not easy things to do. You either can do it or you can't. And uh, they're both money as far as that goes, storytelling in the ring goes. But what's his name? Adam Cole is, I, might, I know he's a little bit short. I know he's a little bit skinny. But I think he can get past that. I think he's that, that good. Because he can, he knows how to play big, like Chris Jericho used to be able to do, um, when he was considered, you know, somewhat diminutive compared to the Canes and Undertakers and Rocks and Austins, and Triple H's. He he always could play big with his character. And uh, Adam Cole, I'm not comparing him to Chris's size, but what I'm saying is similar thing, where his facials and his body language and his storytelling in the ring can play huge. Well, and you can compare Adam to one of his favorites because of the same height and roughly the same build, and that's Shawn Michaels. And Shawn could have the body language yeah. and the facial to tell. Yes. Everything yeah. I, I agree with everything Matt, Matt 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 said a lot of good things or a lot of compliments, but I'm gonna give a there's a few gripes I had. Gripe number one was a production thing. Adam Cole gets in the ring. Adam Cole out of the three brands arguably has one of the most over entrances from the standpoint of he has the crowd behind them yeah. with the boom and then the bay bay. What do they do? They zoom into him. He does the boom, they zoom out, so that way, they, and you think, okay, now they're going to get ready to do the Bay Bay thing. They cut, to, they cut to replay flashback to show you the spot that he took off the cage, and we missed the whole Bay Bay thing. So again, if you have, if you're, you're trying to get Adam Cole to appeal to new people and, and you know, in mainstreams, why would you take away that? Idiots, that's why. That, so, that was, that was a, that, so that's nothing on Adam Cole, that's, that's, that's a production thing. That was a huge, I was like standing up in my, in front of the TV just hollering, why? Um, I was a little concerned that this match went this long. Adam Cole just yes. Adam Cole basically died. I mean, he should have died last the, the Saturday night. Um, he comes out with the ribs taped, and, and so like I, the, the length of the match, I felt like they just kind of like they showed the clip. They interrupted the Bay Bay to show the clip from the night before, but I felt it just it, it didn't sink that he 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 took that crazy ass spot mm -hmm. and then had this match this long. Okay, and then the third point, he got the ribs taped up, right? He's, so that's what he's gonna that that, that that that's what he's injured selling. And what is Pete Dunn doing? I know it's Pete's gimmick. I know it's part of his repertoire. Pete's going after his fingers and his joints, not mm. even going after the ribs. I know it's Pete Dunn's gimmick. I know that's what he does. I know they, they talk about on commentary. He goes after joints. I get it. But the guy, your opponent, the champion, has his ribs taped up and just went to hell. How are you not attacking the ribs as, as a story great in the point. match? That's a great point, actually, Justin. So that's my gripes. But notwithstanding, entertaining match, both, both guys – very good. Yeah, Adam Cole's a stud. They turned a sleeping audience around, though, at the end, and that's the end-all, be-all, most important factor in any match. 
the crowd emotionally invest. Not only did they get them emotionally invest, they made them emotionally invest when they did not want to emotionally invest. They were very clear about that tonight, those fans. That was yeah. impressive as hell. Um, I think Adam Cole, next to Rhea Ripley, he had the second best month of anyone on any roster. Oh, hands down. You don't think he has slightly... Yeah, he the Rhea? Yeah, look, dude, 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 dude comes in and main event SmackDown against uh, Brian, main event's Raw against Rollins. I mean... Yeah. But lost last night. I, 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 he lost because I mean, I, I, I think we're considering wins versus who got like I always consider it who came out of this. Yeah, moreover. Yeah, I think I think I think Adam um, bigger star. I think he tops Rhea. You know, in really, the, in the time span, in the time span, we're the talking. Time, yeah, 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 but he didn't mix it up with Roman. I mean, if he'd mixed it up with the top talent the way Rhea mixed up with the top women's talent, I would agree with you. But it's not like Cole was having segments with Brock or. Well, he had a segment you know, with he had a segment with with Rollins, who was just the champion. He had a segment with Daniel Bryan, who was one of the top guys on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't he he wasn't in the five man because he's a champion. So he had a singles match. I mean, like I, know. I don't know. But Rhea had segments with the actual champions. I I think if you getting poll the better it, of them. I I I think if you poll it, Glenn, it'd be a fun poll. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to get Adam Cole mm-hmm. slightly here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but both both excellent months. I'm not disputing that at all. Uh, I'm just saying I think Rhea had the better month overall. Uh, they're both stars. And I think that this is what you were talking about, Justin. It's like if we get over this mentality of calling up or going to the quote-unquote main roster, it's like, okay, is this enough if we keep everyone in their bubbles to have this uh, you know, headline mm-hmm. NXT and build that in the and, ratings going forward? And what, will, and what will help break that whole thing of me you know, and how I get really on the whole calling up? What will help break it? is if NXT wins one of the Rumbles, whether it's the Women's Rumble or the Men's Rumble. If NXT wins one of the Rumbles and they have their NXT title match at WrestleMania, that, I think, will subconsciously get people trained that it's not... They will. Better. Yeah, that, and that I think that'll help. That'll help truly illustrate that they're on equal... equal Want to hear, hear something, Babbles? How about this? The fact that... And this is true, dude. You're gonna, I think you'll, you guys don't see this. NXT, in my opinion, will start to lose its luster if there are no call-ups. We're huh. in a society where we're always looking for the next big thing. We love it in all of our sports. LeBron James being called the chosen one on the front cover of SI. All of us were glued into his high school games. Um, we're always looking not at the current thing that's going on. Something happened to our society. Forget when it happened, but we were all here when it happened and it became super in vogue to start now wanting to hunt the next next big thing yeah stars going talent goes all across the board for all sports not just wrestling not just basketball all sports and to be able to do that is was was is, is super attractive with nxt right we talk about all these stars that like oh my god i can't wait till this guy gets called up on raw can't wait to see what happens with with her when she goes to smackdown she, you know we're seeing this future 14-time world champion in the making and there's something to that we're seeing tomorrow superstars today to borrow a term from ovw um do we lose that with nxt being its own full-on brand they'll yeah. have great matches but what happens when that becomes yesterday's news? Well, on one hand, we're no longer going to see those talents ruined by quote unquote getting called up. Which that's cool. We like that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, Justin and I were talking about this off the air. I think they merge 205 Live, the idea they take that time slot, do something with Evolve, and do a new 
true developmental show now that NXT is not going to have as much rotation going through it. If people oh, are going to stay, I think that hurts NXT. Maybe, right? But do you guys understand what I'm talking about, though? Like, do you, do you not notice that with everything, we're always wanting to see, like. A McDonald's All American basketball game. I'm way more attracted to watching that than the NBA All Star game. Yeah. Because I want to see who the next big deal is coming out and I want to follow their career through college. And then, oh, I can't wait to see when this guy gets in the league. That's like that for all sports. I think that. Uh, yes. Well, yes. Clay Ford. Hang on. Yes. It's like that with music. This guy in the message room, chat room says, it's like that with music too. Everyone wants to be the guy to say, hey, I liked them before they were cool. Yes. That's it. There's a lot of that to this. Yes. It's a hipster thing. Yes, but through sports. They're sports hipsters. Hipsterism is not just in one category. Are you calling me like an NBA Kramer? Perhaps. <laughs> uh, but uh, when's when's the last debut we had on NXT? It does seem like that slowed. They suck at it. Well, let's be clear. They suck yeah. at it, but we're still like always hoping, hoping, hoping. It's like playing the lottery. And like our last hope is what's his name? Who, who's hurt right now? Oh, Velveteen Dream? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there have been some debuts recently, and they do have two hours now, but it does feel like – and may, this week will be telling. Next week will be telling. Are, are, is this the cast of what we saw in this Build the Survivor series and what we saw at War Games? Are, are the, these NXT, you mean, right? Yeah. Or are yeah. we going to get some new new blood injected into it? it? To legit make this – it's what I said earlier, Justin, as well. Justin did – but you know what I mean by also bringing in Raw and SmackDown stars to that show. Mm -hmm. And it will eventually be considered like a, a move up, an advancement almost yeah. for their career. I mean, I just keep waiting. Eventually, John Cena is going to resurface on WWE TV. You know, he he's inevitably going to. If he goes to NXT, though, don't you think then that that makes it corny? He... NXT now gets not 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 if it's in early 2020 when NXT gets out of full sale as they're probably going to do when they're going to start traveling. If he's in an arena that's equal to SmackDown or Raw and it's on USA Live, it, it all of a sudden hey, you go. You know, someone just wrote merge all the brands. I'm actually in favor of that. I do not like the brand uh, extensions. I don't like it at all because we lose all these all awesome matchups. We get a chance to see. Every single week, every episode of every show, we could be getting all of these damn classics with all these awesome matchups. You're right, but if you have the if you merge all of them, think of the amount of people that don't make the cut to wow. make TV. Now that I'm not wrestling anymore, I don't care. I'm watching. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see nothing but A pluses. Okay, well let's let's not B minus Matt Morgan's. Let's float, <laughs> let's float this idea. What if they expand this angle and it's not a wild card rule? What if they take the – look, NXT dominated tonight. If NXT doesn't invade and keep this invasion of Raw and SmackDown going, why would you have the dominant performance at Survivor Series tonight and then be like, okay, we proved our point. Now we're going to go back to Wednesdays. Versus what? Versus a, a, a full-on invasion. Okay, I think they're going to – if we're – yes. I think they've with the stupid tank coming in there, the Jeep, the Jeep. And all that other stuff. I, I could, you could tell Hunter has a hard on for it, and it's going to continue to push for it. I'll bet that's the only thing that makes sense. It's it's revitalized Raw and SmackDown. This is the best month the WWE has had creatively. Matt, look, in quite Matt, some time. Take more melees. Can we take more schmazes though? Seriously, I, yeah. I, they got to be careful how they do it. Matt, let me ask you this real quick: If NXT was not the brand that was the direct 
competitor against AEW. Obviously, AEW is a new thing in town. That's gonna it's challenging Vince. If NXT was not the direct competitor on Wednesdays, could you have seen Vince signing off to let NXT win the way they did tonight? I mean, they won what four to three to one. Was the, I mean, if basically if, if no AEW, do you, do you see Vince I, allowing Triple H's brand to be dominant over Raw and SmackDown? I did not see that. I probably should have. <laughs> um, I didn't think about that actually. Yeah. I, I, my, I'm thinking the other. I've been I, whenever I think of this stuff, I always think of it's Hunter. It's um, him pushing and not stopping, not shutting up about continuing to be in the old man's ear about. We got to go this way. We got to continue to develop NXT, 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 NXT. Or sorry, four to two to one was this final score. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I just the fact that NXT. In the in the build, they dominated as much as they did, and then tonight they won four to two to one. And I was like, if NXT is not the direct competition to AEW, I don't see Vince allowing them to get. Bit. I mean, Raw, Raw, the the flagship was the third diminutive brand tonight. They had one win, right? Run, one, one win. yeah. On the pre-show, <clears throat> even when it came down, even in, even in the five, fi- right? And the five-man deal when it comes down to to Rollins, Reigns, and Keith Lee. Rollins from Raw gets out first. I mean, Raw looked like the the number three show tonight. Would you ever think that that would be Good. happening under Vince McMahon's watch? Oh, under Vince McMahon's watch, no. Yeah, That's what, you know, I didn't think Keith Lee should, he did great tonight. I just didn't think he should have been the last guy in that match. By the way, we'll get into it, but yeah. Well, so there's more to talk about with this. This conversation is just beginning, and I'm I, I'm I would bet money that Shayna. And perhaps someone else from NXT shows up tomorrow night on Raw. It just makes too much sense, given the way it ended tonight. Um, we have the Universal title match, Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt. And if you like red lights... I do. Light, Why do you guys hate on this song? I know. I don't understand the hate. This is bothering me. I like it. Really? Yes. Here, my explanation is this. I, and I, and I, I mistweeted earlier, and I know people called me out on I, I Yeah, his first match at SummerSlam, it was normal lighting. I, I, that's right. Since then, it's been the red lighting for his match. Since then, we have never seen The Fiend in a normal lit arena. Even in a sneak attack, it's that strobe light or whatever. And I think that subconsciously, the fact that we always see him under a different lighting, that has helped the presentation. If we see him... Yeah, if we see him just like we see every other wrestler under the same lit ring, it takes away from it. So so people were complaining about it, but I I think this is... You should have piped me into that chat because I would have smacked him with this one. The fact that that would end up looking like a Halloween silly mask in bright light for a match longer than a few minutes is what will end up happening. I'm being serious. They're very smart to do it under this red light to hide it from the opportunities that may present and having it look hokey to the mask itself um, at times. And that dim red light, it changes the the complexion of it. It just does. It doesn't look hokey. It doesn't look like phony, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. It, the only it, downside it, of the redness is like when Daniel Bryan's running off like the side of the apron with a flying knee. Camera shot was good. The red light maybe didn't help it. But, again, this is to get Fiend over, so I'm all for it. It's not about who the hell his opponents are. I could well, care less who his Well, opponent. and the worry is they tried this with Kane back in 97, and it did not last but a few weeks. They tried to do the red lighting first matches. The original Sin Cara, they tried like a blue and gold light. They, they've tried this special lighting. They keep it. Yeah, they've, they've so far they're doing this longer than they have for anybody else. I hope they hold on to it because I think it, it helps. It helps. It helps. And, it, again, doesn't give you any glimmer into that half a second it may we may see something with that mask. Do you know what I mean? Because eventually agree. something's going to happen with that mask. Dude, unless he glues it to his face. Yeah. Well, I don't know what he's doing to keep it on. 
Well, it's you can see in the back when it's hit when he when his dreads are up, he has it strapped. Yeah. Uh, and actually, glad you said the mask. A credit to him, him wearing this mask. Oh it God. makes it yeah. makes him that much more have to like you have to rely on his body language because you because can, he can't do facials because it's that right. mask. And I and, and I think it's incredible actually that Bray or the Fiend has a. Uh, he does. He 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 communicates so much with his body language and all of his motion and everything, pretty well for the fact that you cannot see anything in his face. He's clearly, he's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty. He, it's a great gimmick. I like the light. It makes him different. His music is freaking awesome. Love that. Love his music. The band that did it from here in Pittsburgh, just like the guys that did his mask and his Firefly Funhouse. And what did you think of uh, the way that you wore? Thank you, Pittsburgh and Justin. Yes. What did you think of us? As, like as I wear the Redskins yes. stuff. Uh, the way he wore the title. It was almost like a muzzle around uh, his neck. Mm. Reminded, yeah. me of, reminded me of Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah, that's how Bubba always wore I thought. Um, yeah. I, I just don't like him with the championship. I don't think he should care about a championship. I, I still subscribe to that, but whatever. Uh, so this match, competitive. Uh, Daniel got some offense in. Uh, I mean, they had a, a pretty good match. He uh, no-sold most of it. Uh, the Fiend did. Yeah. And ending up getting the win with the Mandible Claw into the pin. The only thing, the only thing, instead of the missile drop kicks off the top rope for him to keep the Fiend to keep no-selling and get up from, I would have done the uh, flying knee. You know, that he runs across and, and hits for for the for his pinfalls usually, Daniel Bryan over the years. Um something like that. I would have had him keep hitting those instead for the no sell. Yeah. Just, How hard is that, Matt? How hard is it? I mean, we, we talk about no selling all the time, but Daniel Bryan's taking a huge risk doing the Daniel Bryan doing the missile drop kick. That's a yeah, shit, that's a terrible bump to take off. I'm telling you, that bump sucks, sucks, sucks. But how is it, Matt? You've no sold things being a bigger guy. Stuff's not supposed to affect you as much. How do you do that when there's stuff that legitimately hurts, that legitimately would get a reaction or make you want flinch at the very least? Easy because your adrenaline is through the friggin' ceiling. Your adrenaline's out of control. Mine always was. Yeah. Ridiculously out of control. Yeah. So I thought, I mean, this was good tonight. I mean, what'd you make of the finish, uh, Justin, with uh, the mandible into the pin? It was good. Yeah, I was good with it. And I think a credit to Dan O'Brien as being the babyface he is. I mean, the Fiend, while the Fiend is booked as a heel, the people are digging him. They, they chant yowie wowie, they chant little things, but they were That's they good. were behind Dan O'Brien. They 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 got for a moment where they believe maybe Brian's gonna maybe Brian's gonna beat him. So that's that's a huge credit to Brian. First time his opponent got cheered for. Yes, yeah. which was good. So not to be OCD about this, Matt, but how is it when you get something like the mandible claw and the guy's wearing the gloves and touching stuff for the entire match and then shoving his hand in your mouth? I've never had it. I had to make fully special guest referee a match of mine and he did it to my opponent hmm. and his, but no, I wrestled Mixa as well on a tag team match, but it didn't, is with then he this is when he was with TNA and I hit him with a carbon footprint. I, I didn't um have to take anything from him with the mandible claw. So I, I don't he's the only one I've ever worked with that would do that. So I've never had to have to do that. But I've had people do, you know, in heat drills and wrestling school and OVW and stuff when, you know, flip me over, snap mare me over, and then like you know, I ripping your mouth open and stuff yeah. like that. That's nasty and annoying. 
Um, <laughs> but you're supposed to be talented enough to be able to pretend you're putting your fingers and you don't actually mm. have to grab your fingers in. If you know the camera's on you, then yeah, you want them, you, you have to. You want it to look good and look real. But as far as the mandible claw goes, I'm sure you've heard Jim Ross say this before. You can give different kinds. You can give the one where yeah. the finger is in, and you can do – what is it? Uh, Jimmy Snuka, I love you, brother. <laughs> um, over the dude's face instead. Yeah, sell it a bit. Where, 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 where it looks like it's in his throat, but it's really not. Yeah. It's uh, Sorry. No, uh, I mean, these are the things that go through my mind during a lot of these matches. Uh, so Bray Wyatt won, as he should. Uh, didn't get the sister Abigail the first time, but did win with the mandible claw on Daniel. Uh, do you think they continue this feud, Matt? I, I like it. I hope so. I, unless they have somebody really good for... for I want to see the Fiend keep, right? keep rising, right? Continue yeah. to be bigger people. But DB is a great baby face for him if there's if their goal is to get him heat that's that's the question needs to be asked are you guys sure you want him to get heat versus being this gray character in the middle character that people will cheer sometimes they won't yeah i think i think he's gonna hold the title to wrestlemania i don't see the fiend dropping it before then who the hell's gonna beat him he's gonna have to like give it to somebody because he doesn't want it anymore I'm I, sorry. I, I think i think i know he's being in, i know the interviews airing right now live with Stone Cold, I, I think an Undertaker Fiend match. If, if, if Taker could still go, I'm not saying it has to be for the title, but I think there's money there. There's a story already there too. Oh yeah, good God! Could you imagine the build, the promos? You embarrassed me. You know, there's so many different things you can say with that. Yeah, yeah. I think after Daniel's loss tonight, Matt, we're actually going to see like we talked about with Drew Gulak and Braun. I think the Miz is going to get Daniel Bryan's ear, mm-hmm. and for the rematch at TLC. Uh, we'll have the Miz be sort of like the Ari Gold to borrow a character from Entourage to Daniel Bryan trying to like coach him and build him up. I just, no offense to Miz, he's improved so much. He's a Hall of Famer, you know, but by the same token, okay, I'll never buy him teaching Daniel Bryan anything. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem kind of strange. I mean, but it always has since NXT. Right? And that was the heat behind it. This, I don't necessarily think it's supposed to be for if, 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 this. feels like you're trying to do it to improve Daniel Bryan almost. Like, I, I don't get it. If you have nothing for Miz and cool, keep him off TV, do something different with him. I wouldn't keep intermixing him with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. He's fine on his own. He's fucking, he's freaking Daniel Bryan, WWE. Hello, wake up. I don't think, I mean, the environmental thing. It seems like they ebb and flow with him between letting him be himself and then putting him in these roles. I don't know. Let's talk about the Men's Survivor Series triple threat elimination match. We had Team Raw, which was Captain Seth Rollins, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, and Randy Orton versus Team SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin, Shorty G, Mustafa Ali, and Braun Strowman versus Team NXT, Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Damian Priest, and WWE UK champion Walter tonight look at it walter (laughs) so so walter gets eliminated very quickly and all i could think to myself as this happened was this was like the first time vince actually stood in the same room as walter looked at his body and went yeah you're not beating any of my top guys tonight yep (laughs) first eliminated tonight yes justin (sighs) totally and his name is walter I'm glad they all came out as a team, not just for Team Unity, but I'm glad we'd have to sit through 15 separate entrances. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, did I miss something? Did they 
pay off this Will Owens betray Raw tonight? Excuse me? Well, I mean, they remember the, so I think it was in the pre-show at the top of the show, they had Rollins backstage talking to Owens, like, where do your allegiances lie, man? You know, and Kevin's like, NXT, yeah, has a special place in my heart. I helped out last night to get back at Adam Cole, but I'm Team Raw all the way. And yeah. then yeah, they didn't nothing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's still yet to happen because the NXT evasion is still ongoing. How about that, Glenn? Okay. Okay. I'll buy that. So right. what, we, what were your favorite? Tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Uh, what were your favorite moments from this match, Matt? Bronze no sell the chops from Walter. I popped huge for that. <laughs> um, uh, I, I I did not like the final three. And I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like the final three. Um, you had to have Seth. You had to have, uh, uh, what's his name, Reigns, if you're trying to get the NXT star over. As good as Keith Lee is, and he is pretty damn impressive. There's no denying that. Okay. But who's the guy from The Office? Um, there's a character on the show, The Office. And I kept, his face just kept reminding me of him. I forget the character's name in The Office. He looked just like him. Come on, chat room. He has a mustache, though. Yeah, I can see him in my head. I don't know his name, though. Anyways, he's one of the lesser known characters on Office, but he's still funny nonetheless. Anyways, listen. I didn't think it should have been Keith Lee. I should have. I thought it should have been Champa. For NXT, getting that that showcase at the very end with Rollins and Reigns. It, I just. I don't know. I, I didn't. There's a big, big spot for Lee. He got more over tonight, right? No question. Stanley, that's who. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew Faulkner. It's Stanley from the Office. That's what his face reminds me of, except without the mustache. Yeah, I mean. I- if, if, you know I mean, he just looks like some dude that could be a CPA somewhere or just, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I was going to say like Kincaid from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I was going to go there. I got to go back and see what that is. Sorry. Keith Lee would have not been my, like before the match, he would have not been my choice for the last NXT person standing. But I think that he, he's, he's, he maximized his opportunity. I think he looked good. He, he did, but here's a couple of things also that stuck out. Did you see the part where that they were getting toward the nitty gritty there toward the end, and he Keith Lee came in the ring, and it was it was when Rollins and Reigns started to work together. Did you see how they beat him down with all those clubbing forearms to his back, and he just took it like a beat and then rolled out of the ring, like and just rolled out of the ring, selling forearms to his back. Dude, you're a beast. You're a monster. They got to work. Hell, I don't care if it's two people. They got to work harder than that to get you down. You make them kick your knee, do something to put you down to one knee, make the other hit the ropes to hit you with a flying drop kick to your mush. Now you're down on the ground. Then you can roll out of the ring after they stomp on you long enough. But never the forearms. Never the forearms take you down like that when you're that size. He's a beast. Um. That's a good good observation. I would love to work with him because he is good. I just... Champa, though, I just thought is the one that I really was looking forward to seeing get a lot of time in the final three there, I was hoping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, I'm nitpicking. I, I thought it was a great show for Keith Lee as well, though. I mean, that ending coming down to him and Roman and then having a Roman give him the fist bump afterwards. They were very, very, very uh, – they had to have been on edge during that backstage watching that. They had to have been. That crowd, we could all feel it. Could you guys feel it? They were going to go one way or the other. They were right on that, I would argue, the precipice of going the other way on because it was Roman. Yeah. 
you know, you could kind of hear it a little bit when we got up on the ropes there toward the end. Um, you know, when Keith Lee got out of the ring eventually. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, they got to be careful with this. To have to go with rounds and reigns and they're at the end like that. People were, you could hear them. They were pissed. They were groaning. They were annoyed. Anytime they got any offense on those NXT guys, either Ciampa or Lee. I'll tell you what, a little bit earlier on when we saw the brief interaction between Ciampa and, and Orton, I remember thinking to myself, man, wouldn't this be an interesting battle of psychos <laughs> of a storyline there? What it would be. Yeah. Uh, with Keith, though, I mean, for me, what it looks like, and specifically the reason why I mentioned Kincaid from Nightmare on Elm Street 3, is Keith Lee has that look back. You used to see it in the 80s a lot, right? Where, like, the tough guy was, like, the big guy, not the muscular guy, but just the big guy. Wait, is that what's his name? Is he with a letterman's jacket? In Elm Street 3? In Elm Street 3? No. He, uh, no. Uh, I mean, hold on. I got to find a photo. Yeah, Everyone, photo. Google Kincaid from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Um, but that, that to me, that was, like, an 80s thing. I mean, you know, Walter kind of has that too. Walter looks yes. like an '80s movie tough guy. Back yeah. was it? Was it just that muscles weren't as cool back then? Like, why did we all the tough guys? Big, we, yeah, we thought big meant tough. Yeah, Walter. Walter looks like he'd be one of the opponents for Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely got Biff Tanner written all over him. I mean, Tiny Lister. I don't remember ever looking super buff. It was just like a big, imposing dude. Are you out of your mind? Not buff like guys look today. Bodybuilding was much different in the 80s. Zeus, <laughs> Zeus was jacked. Uh, but I'm not thinking about No Holds Barred, which I've never made it successfully the entire way through. He's humongous. Now I got to look at this. Zeus is friggin' yoked. <laughs> got a little uh, bit of a growth belly going on there, but nonetheless, he was pretty jacked. I thought. Okay, but that's kind of the thing, though. It's like like the six pack. The six pack I felt was introduced in like 1991. You didn't really see that. <laughs> Seriously, abs right. like the abysizer and the ab flex. Before that, did people really have abs in the uh, 1980s? Athletes. Yeah, yeah. That's I played ball with. Yes. <laughs> the, the, first, the first six pack developed was in 1991. <laughs> And then John, then John Basedow came along and sold his infomercials of abs. Basedow, whatever. You remember that guy? Yeah, that's why I just dropped a reference. I didn't know if everybody would pick it up. <laughs> My mom's boss when I was a kid was this guy that was like Mister USA over sixty. Uh huh. This guy packs Beal. So I remember going to a lot of bodybuilding competitions, like meeting like Joe Weeder and like Biceps mm -hmm. by Bucci and all that. But bodybuilding then, though, it was like. Now, I mean, it wasn't athletic back then. I mean, look at the uh, uh, the uh, world bodybuilding the WWE did. Like, it felt like those guys couldn't move in the ring. Like, muscles were like absurd. I, wait, Ico Pro? No, what was the body the uh, the bodybuilding league? WBF or something like that. Yeah, World Bodybuilding Federation. And like, what was the dude's name? Gary Seinstrom, whatever the hell his name was. Yeah, they, they had a few stars. I thought it was cool. I'm there. But it's like when people used to talk about muscle bound. Remember that was always a thing. Like, oh, you don't want to get yeah. muscle bound. You yeah. want to get too big. You don't want to be too big. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it was like that, or it was just like big guy. But yeah. Anyhow. Anyways, what is your point though? I don't even remember at this point, Matt. Uh, about, but about like Biff Tannen body being like back in the eighties, the way to go for heels. Well, because I think that it was just about imposing and stature, and so Keith Lee has that, but he also comes across as really likable which is good. And I think yeah. that there's a lot of money in him um, similar to the way that there is with uh, 
with Braun to an extent, just that you have like this big guy that could be menacing or likable. He's got that range, which is really important because you can't predict how the audience is going to react. I mean, with Lars Sullivan, he was getting those Where's heel he? reactions. Where's he? Lars? Yeah. All right, what was next, Glenn? Because we're never going to get through this. Yes. Anyhow, so Keith Lee, Roman Reigns at the end. Uh, they uh, fist bumped at the end as a sign of respect. Mm -hmm. And then we had the no, hards bar no holds barred, speaking of which, no DQ match for the WWE title. Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. Oh, I wish Raj were here tonight so we could talk about his prediction that Rey Mysterio was going to win this. Uh, he predicted Rey? I think, didn't he say he could see Rey winning this? Oh, that's terrible. I don't remember. I should remember. But Chat room. I'm not. I'm not imagining this. Um, I'm sure you're right. Dominic got involved. I thought that. I thought it, this match was very well done. Just really quick. Uh, the beginning was a very cool little thing. And Justin, you worked in this, so you've seen this. Um, it was a complete reversal of fortunes, if you will, where the beginning of my matches when somebody like Ray is usually, and they say I'm the baby face, and the little guy's the heel. The little guy will get out of the ring and make me chase him into the ring. And as I try to slide in the ring, he starts trying to kick me, you know, as I slide under the bottom rope and take a cheap shot at me, right, and, and like, sucker me in. The coolest thing about this was they reversed that tonight. Ray, who had the equalizer in his hand, that bat, was now the big man to Brock's little cruiserweight, who was scared out of his damn mind about getting in the ring with this freak of nature that was about to whip his ass. And so... um you know, Brock lulled him around the ring and into the under the bottom rope, and then Ray followed him in and he cut him off. It was pretty well done, I thought. I, like, I thought it was very interesting to see a five foot nothing guy do that with big Brock Lesnar, and they had a complete reversal of roles in that moment. Um, this match, I thought was I thought this was incredibly well done for what it was what what, what I had thought going into this. Yeah, and that's a great point by Matt. And I, I was looking forward to this because if you look at Brock's track record. When you, you look at last year's Survivor Series, the match he had against Dan O'Brien, how well constructed it was. Brock thrives against the smaller underdog kind of guys, and not only are the not only does he thrive and the matches are entertaining, but to everybody again to everybody who who knocks Brock, oh, he's only around, he's part time, but, but yeah, he's part time. But go he, back, he, go back. No, we're gonna call this fan out. Go back right now. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, Matt made the safe prediction. Hey, I know. Let's call him. No, we're gonna call him out, Mister Ars. Get it, Ars. <laughs> Matt made the safe prediction. Homeboy will win. Let's go. What's up, Mr. Arts? What's a safe prediction? So would you would you would you hope then what that I purposely make the unsafe prediction? That makes no sense. When people ask you who do you who do you think is gonna win, you're supposed to tell people who you think is gonna win. So that makes no sense, the safe prediction. Yeah. I mean, so, so some people in the chat were also saying that when Dominic and Ray were teaming up on Brock, all the little guys should have came out. I was thinking, thank God that didn't happen. Thank God it would have been looking like a stupid clown car. Yeah. Uh, speaking of clowns, by the way, yeah, I know, I know Ray often pays, especially Mania, he tries to pay homage to different movies or characters. This was Grinch. It was totally Grinch, right? No, he. I think it was Joker, but he looked like Doink. My timeline was filled with Doink. I would have. Okay, He's, I thought. Joker at first, and then I was like, When are the holidays? There's some more red in this than the they're Joker. In, they're in Chicago where they film where they filmed The Dark Knight, which is for the Joker. Oh, well, doesn't everybody just know that? Yeah, well, man, come on. It, 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 he was trying to do Joker, but he looked like Doink. I or, don't or know. actually, no, he looks like Dink. I the Joker doesn't have red in his scheme. Not that I'm some freaking tailor that 
apparently memorizes people's color schemes, but apparently with Joker, I have. It's purple and green is his colors. He's not red and green. He's got red on his face. Not on his body, he doesn't. Ray had red. It's true. I'm telling you, I think this was supposed to be Grinch. My two cents. Okay. I mean... I think it was Joker and we got Doink. Okay, so uh, looking online... I think it was Grinch and we got doink. Well, and to my original point before Mr. Arsh jumped in here, Brock and Cell, (laughs) by the way. Brock and Cell. Just want to throw that out there. Yes. People don't give him that credit, though. Uh, Joe, see how quick he got up? Oh, my God. You see how fast he flew over to the yoke friggin' Dominic halfway, you know, across America with that suplex off the top and then fly over to the other side to catch Ray. He is quick as hell. People talk about our cruiserweights being the you know most athletic. I still say Brock is. If you go back and watch, and you watch his burst of speed, we don't see it much because he never needs to exhibit it in these types of in most of his matches. But go back and watch the speed of him getting up and just a burst of speed out of nowhere, getting Dominic. This was a good, entertaining match uh, for Brock, but yeah, I mean. So they're gonna keep it going with with Brock and Kane after this. Who cares? I think, I don't no, care. I, no, I think Velasquez is getting surgery. I don't yeah. even care. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Brock doesn't compete at TLC. And you said Kane. I literally for a minute thought about here, and I was like, Kane. Oh, okay. uh, yes, it's so confusing. So Brock Lesnar won this tonight, retained the WWE Heavyweight Championship, and then we had the main event, the mm-hmm. Triple Threat. The Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch versus NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler versus SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey. And tonight, conspiracy be damned. She finally did it. Homegirl wore the title around her waist tonight, proving that they are not afraid of having the middle letters spell AEW. For Bailey. What are you talking about? The conspiracy. The only one that Glenn talks about. It was a big thing for like a day after we talked about it the last time on, okay. on the Twitters. So she wait, did it wait, wait, wait. All right. So I'm looking at that's the conspiracy is that they wouldn't let her wear the title around the waist because the, the, the W and WWE makes AEW? Yes. According to Glenn and his little trolls. <laughs> My little trolls. I have an army of trolls. It's like Lord of the Rings. Uh, aye, aye, aye. Goblins, too. No, um, so it happened tonight. I don't know. My timeline was blowing up with this. <sighs> Anyhow, different look for Bailey tonight. Not sure what to think of it overall. I thought um, it was good. Yeah, it's just like... different. I like the blue gear. I think that she should keep the blue gear over the black and gold. You know what she looks like? She looks like uh, uh, she looks like she's been a soccer mom for many years. She's got a divorce, and now she's trying out like a new life. She's got the hair darker and shorter. <laughs> Little attitude. She traded in the minivan. She's dating guys that are way. She's dating the trouble guys that, like, you know, she wouldn't normally touch with. She's doing some freaky shit. That's what I'm thinking about Bailey right now. Jesus. <laughs> Bailey's Soccer 30 years mom. old. She's the 30 divorce. years old. Dang it. We're going to this guy. The yeah. worst soccer mom that, what, yeah. like, dating she's like had, the bad boy uh, and that yeah. he's having a bad influence on her. Is that what yes. you're saying? Yeah. She spent all of her Friday, <laughs> she spent all of her Friday and Saturday nights having sleepovers with the kids, chaperoning, going to oh. soccer events. Now she's out at the at the dive bar with the dude who's at the I motor. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's So would she ride on the – all right, so Glenn, in this context that we are now putting our fans <laughs> in to join us, hopefully they can catch up with us. They have to be our age to understand this, hopefully. Yes. Glenn, do you think that this Bailey would get on the back 
of one Kelly from Bad News Bears motorcycle. Well, aside from the fact he was like 13, but you know, hey. <laughs> Would this Bailey do that? Uh, All right, Glenn, I'll give you a different one. You're killing yeah, my shit. Okay, okay. Would this Bailey He's no selling you. rock Olivia Newton-John leather at the end of Greece? This was very end of Greece. Trying to talk to you in your lame-ass context of the stuff you're interested in, Mr. I'm- Theater, and you're killing me here. <laughs> No, no, okay. No, but the, Bailey's turn is kind of that. It is kind of Olivia Newton-John at the end but of Greece. We need more of it, though. Yes. Yeah. She I, needs to put the cigarette on the damn ground and mush it in already. So I got a lot of shit about this last night for saying that Dakota Kai's heel turn is what Bailey's heel turn should have been. And Dakota Kai, it was concise. They gave us hints. They built up to it. They did it. It was vicious. Boom. It With was Bailey... They wavered forever on it. And then even when they did it, like they committed to it, but she didn't seem confident in the turn. There's definitely something when when it comes time for her promos that's, you know, she's not, I'm not saying she's not trying. She's Bailey. She's a lifelong fan. We know she puts everything she can into everything she does. We're sure of that because she's a huge fan. Yeah. But there, there is a disconnect still. Yeah, like we, you know, I don't hate her. No, not at all. And I want, I want her to succeed. I mean, we all want her to succeed. I mean, as, I mean, within the context of character, I'm not mad at her. Oh, I don't yeah. boo her. If I was a kid, I wouldn't boo her. I and want she, her to go out there and tell people about the hugs. I don't yes. know why they're not doing that. Tell her that you never meant the hugs. And after every damn show, you had to go back into the back. You had to make, you know, one of your friends douse you in alcohol to get all you credence disgusting bacteria off your body you threw up in your mouth every with every hug you gave and ah, i get to breathe finally you know what i mean you know something like that that. i would love that and uh her promo on the pre-show was good it was a little subdued but she seemed more comfortable because it wasn't supposed to be over the top um that being said i like this match a lot tonight i'm really surprised just well This was a really well worked match, yeah. You think so? I, I I thought they worked their ass off. I, I just the crowd was spent. Like no, oh, this crowd was tired. Now. And I, but even me, I was I was just like I I couldn't get into it. I just figured, okay, the only reason this match is gonna be last is they have something they want to end on a high note, Ronda Rousey appearance or something. And we didn't yeah. get that. This was just a flat ending, all things considered. And this is a this is in front of a crowd who had live SmackDown, live NXT, this show tonight, yeah. Raw tomorrow. AEW on Wednesday. This is a flat ending to me, you know. I'm very concerned for AEW, by the way, on Wednesday. Yeah. Long freaking week of shows these people have seen. No, absolutely. Um, so no, I like this match. I agree the crowd was worn out, but yeah, I thought Ronda was gonna show up at the end. I was shocked Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir didn't run out when uh um, out, time out. Why? Why did something big have to happen though? Like how much have we been saying that the, there's no reason these girls can't close out the damn show? Be- because because of because of what we because of what we saw otherwise would have been a better choice to end the show. So I figured, all right, if we're not gonna end with the Brock Ray thing. If we're not going to end with the the Keith Lee Roman Reigns, if we're not going to end with that, you figure okay, they have something lined up that that just can't be topped. You figure a Rousey, re, you know, re, you know, uh, resurging back. It's just happened. nothing happened with the championship matches. Bray won easily, right, over know. Daniel Bryan. It doesn't matter if you put that in last or not. Both of those matches you could put last, technically SmackDown yeah. and Raw, defending their championships in the main event. Sure, but there was no change. There was nothing crazy or exciting about either of those matches. 
why not take the opportunity then to steal a main event, quote, to borrow a phrase, um, with having our, the women do it and just have another notch under their belt to be able to say, oh, P.S., we remember the time we main evented the Survivor Series? You well, know the, what I mean? the fans spoke. They got their peak earlier on, whether it be with Brock, whether it be with Keith Lee. They were done. By this they were done. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, Jessamyn Duke, Marina Shafir didn't come out to Shayna's aid when you Becky was beating her. Uh, you know, they, I have to. Uh, Jessamyn Duke and Mar- Marina Shafir. I, I don't like their names. They're made, what their names what if What if Jeb the Anvil Needhart would have came back from the dead? And, <laughs> <laughs> and now I have to remember my head. My little mnemonic for it is Neidhart. Say it like the hearts are Jewish. Neidhart. Wait, what? What? Neidhart, because my last name, if I'm if I'm Jewing it up, I say Ruben Stein. So I remember Neidhart. Oh, I got you. Not to try and be a little goy and say Rubenstein if I'm trying to pass. Um, so yes, I remember. Think of it like they're Jewish. Neidhart. Um, anyhow, uh, I like this match. I thought that Bailey uh, tapping out. I would have liked to have seen her uh, g- pass out. I mean, just go like not give in. Yeah. The same way she lost to Oscar. That's my only critique of how she could have looked stronger tonight yes. at the end of this match. Yes. I agree. Uh, Becky attacking Shane after was good. This was good for Shayna. Shayna has been massively overshadowed by Rhea Ripley. Uh, it this gave her some of her mojo back tonight. I think it, it, it was meant to. It was written to. It was written in there too, right? Yeah. You know, but um, I'll be curious. You... I'll be curious how much they get out of Shayna. I mean, she's thirty nine. She's not a young pup. I'll be curious. She's thirty nine. Thirty nine. I'll be curious how much they get out of her. I mean, remember her body's had a full MMA career too. So yes. that's like triple years of wrestling, I would say. Right. So I don't know. Just, just a side note. I mean, they're positioning her to be a big deal, which good for her. But I, I just wonder how much, how much mm-hmm. are we getting from her? I think I think WWE is in a predicament with this one, yeah. and realizing the money they paid her, and go, whoa, wait a minute, though, this Rhea girl. Uh, well. Rhea so is who's twenty three and has her whole life ahead of her. And it's probably a bargain. Rhea's making less than Shayna is guaranteed. Well, why? But more importantly, she's more over. Yeah. Hey, when that renegotiation happens, you know, if she gets bumped up, it's going to be great for uh, her. I mean, from, I'm talking about like main event opportunities, though, in general. If they yeah. Have pull, if they have to not pull up, but they have to feature a, another girl, it needs to be Rhea. So Becky was standing tall. She beat up Shayna after the end of this match tonight, uh, threw her through the announce table. We ended with Raw getting one win tonight, NXT getting four, SmackDown taking home two, and Becky standing tall to close out Survivor Series 2019. I, I was okay with this. I didn't need a surprise at the end for this. Becky Lynch, the man. We were, Remember, we were, people were trying to call her Stone Cold Steve Austin when she got red hot, or white hot, yeah. rather, the phrase. Um, and... WWE ruined her and they were screwing her up and they, they did for a minute there with the Seth storyline, right? But this is how you get it back. This is yeah. how you get it back. The promo she cut, I thought, was pretty good. I thought she gave way too much props to Bailey by saying she sees a little bit of herself in Bailey. I was like, what do you see? Of what? Well, what? What part of you is in Bailey? I don't see it. I don't see any of you in Bailey. Uh, mm-hmm. But nonetheless, her closing the show, I think, I don't know, I think it's good. So that was Survivor Series 2019. We'll see what happens on Raw tomorrow night. The fallout, Justin Labar. Oh, Matt Morgan, I'm sorry. More NXT. Yes. Furthering storylines, hopefully. Fingers crossed. 
Hopefully. I mean, no right? Schmaz, like No schmazes with like the entire roster. Like yes. maybe one or two. That's okay. One Targeted, one. pinpointed, deliberate. Yeah. Yes. There are five weeks left in the year. Justin and I were talking about this off the air, Matt. WWE cannot let off the gas and phone it in for the next five weeks the way they normally do this time of year because of AEW and the increased competition. They have to keep giving us the best they can. But they rely heavily on NXT to be the ones to do it. Hey. Remember Eric and okay, Eric and Paul were coming to take over each show. We were promised or we were told, whatever you want to call it, that these shows are going to be amazingly different. There's going to be a complete change. And I ain't seen either of those two shows different. I, yeah. I did. Um, NXT is the only um, haymaker they've really got, in my opinion. NXT is the blue chew for WWE right now. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Um, so Mauro Ronaldo, Justin, what's the story there? So Mauro was not at Survivor Series tonight. They acknowledged it on air, uh, on, on one, on the NXT match, the Adam Cole match, where he would have been the play-by-play guy, presumably, uh, it was Michael Cole with Beth and Nigel. And Michael Cole said, Mauro was so passionate that he lost his voice from the night before. Well, we don't know if it's quite that. Here's the story. So, uh, Saturday night during takeover, Corey Graves Corey's pretty known, you know, he's known to be, you know, outspoken. Corey tweeted this. He said, just for the record, guys, I know you wouldn't know it, but there's actually a WWE Hall of Famer and a former Ring of Honor champion on commentary. I'd imagine they'd have a lot to offer. Hashtag NXT TakeOver WarGames. Corey referencing the fact that Nigel and, and Beth Phoenix are on commentary, but that Morrow just wouldn't let him talk. Uh, Morrow has since deleted his Twitter. Uh, Mauro, of course, has been very outspoken about being, um, uh, you know, uh, dealing with mental health. He, 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 he's open about that. And so it, it appears as what we're hearing is that, um, just dealing with that tweet and the, and the, and the, the response from that Mauro, you know, the, he, he took the night off. They said he'd be back Wednesday for NXT. Um, he deleted his Twitter. He deleted his Twitter account. Morrow's Twitter account right now what is that look like when someone deletes it. What if you type in the name, it says uh, yeah. this account is this account is not active, and it's, it's just it, there's no it's like a blank account. So when he comes back on, does he lose all his followers and all of his likes I, and all that? Other no, he I can re- he can reactivate it. I don't oh. know. So this this is I mean you know largely the response that I've seen. I to ask that question. Sorry. <laughs> Why, Matt? You think about this often? You're like, what happens if I deactivate my Twitter? Morrow loses his followers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. L- largely, the response I've seen is a lot of people coming to Morrow's defense. I, I mean, I, I don't know what you guys think. My my thought is this: Corey, you know, Corey maybe doesn't need to give that. Maybe doesn't need to do that on Twitter and say that. No. But here's but here's the bottom line: He never even mentions Morrow's name. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't like use profanity. He, he, like it was a very polite tweet in the sense of just saying he have two people here. He's putting over these two other people in commentary that aren't getting used. I know Morrow is as outspoken about mental health, and that's good that he is, and I know that's a real thing. But just because you're outspoken that you deal with mental health, I don't think that means we all have to be so ex- – he's not exempt from getting uh-huh. criticism from a peer. You know, if, if, if Corey would have, like, really used crazy language and really just slammed the guy inappropriately, I get it. But he didn't even, he didn't even mention the guy. I mean, obviously he's talking that Morrow's talking too much, but I feel like everybody's coming to this – is, is getting overprotective of Morrow because you know Morrow has taken leave leave of absence before from from WWE's road schedule because he's dealing with his, his whatever. Again, I'm not trying to that that that's his deal. 
But I feel like we're all being very, very sensitive, and that nobody you can say a nobody can say a bad word about Morrow. Dude, that is the world we live you in know? right now. This is the most ultra sensitive society that I've ever been. I, I can ever recall. Um, it's what it is, though. Um, so you do have a lot of people that don't have anything to do with any of these particular ailments, cases, um, race during certain cases, right? That that come to the back to have the backs for those that they feel, you know, aren't sticking up for themselves and they feel it's whatever rhyme or reason their job to get in the middle and defend that person. I see both sides of it. Um, because there are people that can't defend themselves and they do rely on certain of us that will get in there and defend them, you know, to, to help them, right? But then there's also times with what you're saying that sometimes we also have to have thicker skin and be able to have normal conversations about normal things without people, you know, having to put an asterisk or preface something for like 35 minutes before you're allowed to get to your point. And you know what I'm talking about yeah. in general, right? And, and it makes it tough to have normal conversations that need to be had. And, and I don't know. I just, Morrow, I feel bad for him, but I know what you're talking about. It doesn't make you exempt from, it, it, the guy can't do no wrong. You know what I mean? Of course he can right. do wrong. Right, right. You know, just because he has a situation he has doesn't mean he's, like you said, and, and and Corey did actually acknowledge that Mar uh, I don't somebody get what he's going on there though. That's that that is my other question. Why bother? Here's what I do. Before I make a tweet that I'm really, really passionate about. Do you know what I mean? Keep that up there, Glenn. I'm gonna hit that. Um it's I forget what I was gonna say. Oh, I, I will give it a day before I decide hmm. to go back on it. If I feel strongly about it that next day, then I'll write it and then I'll reply or then I'll make a post. Um, I give myself 24 hours, and I think others should do the same thing. Um, but we're in that microwave society where people don't do that. All right, I'm going to read this. From worst to first, whether Morrow is too sensitive or not, Graves shouldn't be taking shoot shots, brother, at other members of the company. Yeah, that's pretty much actually said and i don't think we're saying that tomorrow i know i'm not saying that tomorrow's too sensitive at all we're not talking about that at all we're talking about those that come in defend um in certain situations we have nothing to do with those people just because they want to take advantage of a situation to talk smack to somebody because they may not like them yeah and and it should be yeah and frank shamrock who uh frank shamrock from the mma world who's a friend of tomorrow's and i guess is tomorrow's manager which i did not know this I guess I guess Frank Shamrock actually went on the Twitter and like basically he 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 uh, screen grabbed a quote that uh, I'm paraphrasing here basically said you know social media has made people feel like they can um, they can be disrespectful to people without yes. getting punched in the mouth and and uh, to a degree there's well, yeah. I don't know what punch people in the mouth but in general these are not things people would say to me me in person they're not things that people would say to a lot of people in person right. and um, but seriously people need to think about that give it give it one day. Give it one day and see the difference it'll make. But like Corey, I, I, I don't know what what was the gain from doing that though. What was the gain from it? Why? Yeah. You know? yeah. And and I mean, I think Matt, I'm sure you go through this as well. And Justin, you you too. Um, before tweeting stuff, a lot of the times I'll write a tweet and then think, how could this be misconstrued? Uh, yeah. What what could possibly happen with this? And you'll see even on on things that I've tweeted. I mean, there. There's things I've regretted, even the thing, you know, we talk in this podcast, but Undisputed Era and me not getting uh, them because of their average look. It's like, 
that was very controversial when I tweeted that. And I mean, a lot of people got into it with me is what I'm really? saying for, oh, okay. for me to like take such a big shot at the top guys in NXT. Like, I don't ever want to be too negative. Uh, I want to be constructive. I mean, it's one thing to be funny, but for me, I think, uh, and I think a lot of people should do this. It's, it's, uh, are you trying to have a conversation? Are you trying to make a joke? But just to blast negativity on Twitter, I don't think is positive. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think it's good. No, and it breeds thing. more and breeds more and it breeds more. And before you know it, you're in, you're in a shit sandwich full of nothing but negative negativity. What's the point of that? That's not what we go on there. I go on there to have fun and check out scores, get some hookups on my fantasy football lineup and fans to help me um, and, and catch up on wrestling, you know, rumors, stuff like that, and, and talk to fans generally um, and post what I'm doing as mayor as well. I throw that yeah. in there. You know? I mean, the, the only game, uh, this is, this is maybe a stretch. The only gain I could see that Corey, you know, I, I mean, Corey's always been kind of just very, he doesn't, he doesn't walk the company line, so to speak, is he has, as the WWE's pushing, he has this new podcast out that it's a WWE sponsored podcast where they're, where they're pushing the, the whole gimmick of like, he's able to say whatever he wants. He's asking, you know, he, he's asking Triple H on the podcast about AEW. He's, 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 he's saying the things that we wouldn't otherwise see is maybe he feels like this is buzz for the podcast. And I'm not, I'm not saying he needs to create buzz by putting down a colleague, but I, but like, I, maybe he's in that mode of like, yeah, because they're they're putting a lot of I don't know I'm I'm uh, just saying that's yeah he 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 doesn't need to tweet that criticism, but even so it's it's criticism that he's just given to appear and we're all and we're all acting like well you can't say a bad thing about Morrow. Here's the thing: people need to get over themselves and then realize the world does not need to hear your every frigging thought. We don't care, like. Seriously, not the world is not going to you know blow up because so and so didn't get on there and give us their you know opinion of his main event match tonight or or, or whatnot. And, and I think that's where celebrities get a crazy out of hand with their egos. Um, you don't have to type things; it ends up getting them in trouble anyway. Just like you don't have to get on there; just go on there and read stuff. Sometimes. Do what my wife does. She's the ultimate stalker. I constantly make fun of her because she never makes many posts, like, ever. Instead, like, she likes everybody's stuff. And I'm like, what are you even doing? You don't even write anything on social media. How come you even bother going? Like, why do you even bother going on? She's like, oh, I like reading other people's storylines and seeing them and viewing them. So every time I see a like from my wife, I, like, I make the noise. I'm like, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> kill, 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 kill. <laughs> um, my stalker wife's talking to everybody's social media accounts instead of like, I'm like, why don't you comment? Say, Hey, I like this post. Like you don't go back and forth with these people. What's the point? If you don't say, you know, cause that part's cool. I like leaving comments and people's stuff too. Um, but, and, and creating, you know, dialogue here and there, but celebrities got to get over themselves. Not the world does not need to hear every single thing you're doing. Yeah. I think a filter is good. I think, uh, not everybody yeah. knows your contacts. That's the bigger thing. Yes. You know what I mean? That's, oh that's, that's what gets a lot of people in trouble sometimes. Is I mean, we're yeah. all super sarcastic. I'm super sarcastic, obviously. But you got to assume there's people out there never seen me, never met me, never talked to me, don't know rep me from wrestler at all whatsoever, don't know the show, don't know anything about me. They might not be, think why I say sarcastic, you know, take it serious. So you got to be aware of everything. And Matt, you, Matt you called me babbles earlier. I took it, I took it seriously. Oh, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to go to Twitter and I'm going to take Take offense to this, by the way. No, uh, when the when the blueprint thing happened with Sasha, Matt, I posted something about that, and like the Sasha Twitter army was yelling at me 
about Sasha built this and Sasha did this. And why are you trying to take this away from her? And I was like, I was just making a joke yeah. that Matt Morgan was called the blueprint. And now Sasha's called the blueprint. I'm sorry. Like, and that's you know, ridiculous. a simple thing. They listen to any boppers know your wrestling history. Yeah. You know, because that's what they all generally stem from. You can tell that they're super duper young and it's just, man. And I get it, but it's, it's tough. It's tough to navigate. No one has the answers. Uh, do we have one last story, Justin? Yeah, uh, we'll be quick on this one. Uh, Kylie Ray, she was one of the initial female talents that was announced uh, to be a part of the AEW roster <clears throat> early in the year. Last time we saw her was uh, Double or Nothing in May. She was part of the Fatal Four Way. Uh, since then, she has left. She had left AEW, and there wasn't a lot said. It was it was that she you know, Tony Khan confirmed that she had asked for her release, and that was that. There was a lot. So inevitably, whenever there's not much other information given, given so, rumors. Rumors fly. Well, we uh, all we know is she uh, put out a she put out a statement. I won't read the full thing, but you can read it on Wrestling Inc. But basically, to sum it up, she says rumors are rumors. Appreciative of AEW, um, she needed to you know she had to get her mind right, her body right, her soul. God had to do what was right for her. I mean, she since has resurfaced and she's worked for Impact and other companies. So we still don't know exactly what she was very cryptic at bay that she had to get herself right you know the right. uh, aew said it was a medical situation she needed to take care of again right. a lot of other rumors that spread as right. rumors are going to about what happened we don't need to know yeah we're like, not gonna uh, we're not we're not gonna go without oxygen yeah. if we don't know what happened and this is another example of it do you know what i mean like we don't have to know every single thing about everybody but we're doing a wrestling website, so it's a new site, right? And that is what the new site is. Raj probably, man, shut up. That's what people come on the site to learn about. <laughs> but you know what yeah. I mean, though? It's just the society we're in, man. Go on, the web- go on the website and you can read Kylie Ray's full explanation. Despite what Matt says, get, get, <laughs> get nosy and go read them. <laughs> Because it could be something we don't know. It wasn't something like super yeah. serious. And it's like, let's stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so there you have it. Uh, tomorrow Fans, night. You don't, you don't need to hear about the news. <laughs> <laughs> On a news website. You don't need to know. Just watch this podcast. You'll get everything you need to know. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, okay, so tomorrow night, Monday Night Raw. I believe, uh, Justin, you're not on tomorrow night. We got Raj back, me, Raj, and Matt. Talking Raw tomorrow night. Yeah, no, you guys won't see me until next week. So have a good Thanksgiving. Okay, uh, he's at happy Thanksgiving, Matt- everybody. Yes, he's at BP Matt Morgan. He's at Justin Labar. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein on Twitter. We greatly appreciate a follow, and we will catch you back here tomorrow night to talk about Raw, the Fallout from Survivor Series on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care, fans. You happy? I said Thanksgiving.